Hello and welcome. Today on the Make Marketing Great podcast, we have the one and only Mike Friedman. Mostly known for his presence at the SEO pub, Mike has a dominant presence in the field of SEO, as he can be found in places like the official SEMrush Facebook group, where he features Tuesday tips for those wanting to get some advice on search engine optimization. His expertise is legendary, as he's often been in the field since 2003 and has seen changes and growth in digital marketing from its beginnings through to today. Whilst I'm sure he'd love to turn this episode into a similar style of giving some advice, I thought it'd be best to get a bit of a deeper understanding of the man behind the SEO pub and what his thoughts are on the current state of digital marketing in 23, specifically within SEO. So let's get started. Hi, Mike. How's 2023 treating you so far? It's been good. It's been good. Thanks for having me. Um, happy to join the podcast. And thanks for the invite. Um, 2023 has been a, a pretty good year. That's, that's good Interesting to hear. Year. <laughs> it's good to hear, considering all the changes and basically the buzz around um, this uh, particular industry. Uh, give, given your presence, especially with the introduction that I've given it, uh, up until now, uh, for those who know you or may not know you, could you give a bit of an introduction to to explain yourself and give a chance for the audience to to learn a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, I really got started online. It was about 2003, 2004. It was when um, Google Ads first came out of their, their private beta and, and went public. I got started with Google Ads. I was AdWords at the time. And at the time, I was, I was doing affiliate marketing. Um, and back then you could pay, I mean, literally pennies for a click and it was the wild, wild west. Like there was no rules really. Um, your, your destination, destination page could be an affiliate page, uh, affiliate link. You didn't have to go to an intermediary that you owned. Um, and if people remember that were online back then, like sometimes you'd click on a link for a local pizza delivery and you'd end up on a page about insomnia relief or something. And, and that was why, um, so that was how I got started. And then I started playing around with SEO. I didn't even know it was called SEO. I was just trying to figure out, you know, if I can get this free traffic from search engines, I can stop paying as much for, for ads. And I just started kind of playing around with it. Um, and I was, I was getting in, I was lurking on a lot of forums and it was funny the way that I kind of got started participating in the community. At first I felt kind of, um, I guess almost like imposter syndrome, sort of like, you know, the, all these people are experts. I don't know as much as they do. Um, you know, I, I, I can't question them. And the more that I lurked on these forums, I realized that a lot of these people have no idea what they're talking about. Like it, it just became obvious from my experience that, you know, that these people leaving these posts and comments, they probably have never ranked a page in their life from, from what they're saying. And they're just regurgitating this nonsense and it started to really frustrate me because I knew there was real business owners that hung out on those forums also. Um, and they're just getting bad advice. They're getting kind of Pied Piper, you know, led astray. And that was how I started the SEO pub. It was originally started as a blog that I was just giving practical SEO advice on. Um, and as I started doing that, uh, I was, I was actually working in banking at the time. Um, two things happened. One, I started having people contact me at the SEO pub asking if I did SEO for businesses. And two, I had a customer at the bank who we were just talking one day and, and realized he was kind of doing the same thing online. And he just kept coming back to me month after month, like, Mike, we got to start a business, we got to start a business. And I had realized a long time ago that I am a terrible employee. I am absolutely awful at, at being an employee. 
and I needed to go do something on my own eventually. Um, so eventually I came in and we, we started a business together um, where we did all kinds of digital marketing, website design, email, social media, whatever company wanted to do online, we did. But I found that my my real passion was the the traffic generation side of things and specifically SEO. I loved that. You know, one thing I hated about banking was I don't care what any bank tells you, they can't help your business grow. Um, they can offer you a checking account, savings account, you know, maybe merchant services. Uh, the only businesses they want to lend money to are businesses that don't really need the money in the first place. Like they, they really aren't there to help your business grow. But with what I was doing with SEO, I loved that I can point to the analytics. I can I can show people like we brought in this much more traffic, you know, compared to where you were last year. This many more conversions. You're, you know, this is how much more you're making because of the SEO efforts that we're putting in. And I, I, that was something that just really attracted me to um, to the consulting work and, and business that I'm I'm in now. So, you know, long story short, the reason I kind of got into this was I was just tired of the amount of BS that was out there and wanted to give people more practical, realistic advice on on SEO. And it just grew from there. You'd be very surprised as to how many people that I've met down the timeline that say exactly the same thing. I think I've spoken to people that literally, I think from the get go, I think even one that I'd spoken to so far was actually a tradesman and then started getting into SEO as, as, uh, as a start. For me, I think it was, I remember being in a boardroom meeting and as a marketing manager and having an agency owner come to the business and it was utilizing SEMrush. And I remember how bad, well, we can say now how bad the format was with regards to SEMrush and how it looked back then. But I was, I was polarized as he was busy talking about like what we should do and what they can do for us. I was more, I was memorized as to like looking at this platform because he had it up on the big screen and I was like, what is this? And it looks so intriguing and everything like that. I remember even my boss like telling me, try and see if you can find out what system that guy was pulling that information from uh, to begin with. And uh, SEO has always been my first love. But may, obviously, the, one of the questions that I wanted to ask, which you've already answered, which is how did you get into SEO specifically? What do you particularly, you referenced like the fact that it seems as if like you utilize data, which is very transferable to, to clients, like saying, you know, you've got more traffic. This is what's helped more conversions. What element would you say drives you to, to love SEO more than what you were referencing with regards to like AdWords or Google ads, as we know today, why would you, what, are, what is the specific aspect? Do you find that there's more pleasure in having a business owner come to you saying, for example, Mike, through you, I've been able to, to hire more people or something like that. Or is it purely the data that drives you to doing this each and every single day? Um, there's a few things, you know, one thing I, I, I generally enjoy, um, I probably since the time that I first got started, you know, maybe that first year, but since then, I don't think I've ever had a client where I was their first SEO and they often come to me very skeptical, very, you know, they've, they've been burnt in the past and they've, they've worked with an SEO where nothing happened. Uh, I'm working with one right now where they, they were working with an SEO for 12 months and saw a little bit of growth, but when you actually dug into the numbers, the only thing that grew was their brand search. And the SEO company kind of left that part out, which I think is, you know, that's great, but that's a, to me, that's a marketing win. That's not an SEO win. Um, so I, I like that I can show people that, you know, I can work with these business owners and show them, okay, SEO is not a scam. 
Um, it does work. There are SEOs out there that know what they're doing. They can help your business grow. Um, and yeah, I like I like digging into um, I like digging into the strategy of it and coming up with the plans and and getting those plans implemented. You know, a lot of those are some of the most fun meetings I have with clients is when we get to the point where, okay, we've gone through auditing the site, we've we've looked at competitors, we've looked at the market, we we know where we need to go now. Here's how we're going to get there, and and presenting that plan to them, putting putting the plan together. Like I, I really enjoy that part of it and um you know my clients tend to too. like it's it's so it's funny that's most of the time when i do that it's the first time where they're like okay i see where we're going like i i know okay there's a plan in place like most of the seos that they work with in the past everything's just kind of a big mystery yeah um, they don't get a lot of communication from them and it's just kind of a I, I know I pay this guy. I don't know what they're doing or girl and I, you know, or this agency and I don't know exactly what they're doing, but they send me these reports every month. And, um, yeah, it's just not as much communication and, uh, passing along of the kind of what the plan is and where we're going. And, and that's, that's a part I really enjoy with it. Yeah. <clears throat> I think for the most part, I think a lot of businesses and even, I think businesses these days always entrust in value. And I think it's always a good quality to, to know that there's an individual that focuses more on the ideation stage than the finish, if that makes sense. I think the ideation stage is, is, is so important now more than ever than focusing on so much the end goal, to be honest with you. So, yeah. It really is. Um, you know, the, the downside, and, and it's great if you have a, a good marketing team to work with who are doing, you know, ads. So you can, you can show them, okay, here's the plan. Let's run some ads for a couple weeks. I'll show you that this works. And then we'll go back to the, you know, creating content around it and, and bringing the SEO up to speed with, with cause Google ads is awesome. The one thing that I do love about Google ads is that instant gratification. Yeah. Where, you know, I can put a campaign together today and have results tomorrow to look at um, where, you know, SEO is not quite the same. But uh, it's great when you work with a, you know, a team that's willing to, hey, let's test this, let's try it, and then we'll go back, we'll, we'll implement the plan. That's, that's a great point. And obviously, I'll bring that uh, forward for a very, very good question uh, in this podcast as well. But what would you say, um, you, you referenced some great things, like the fact that you have a business owner that right now had someone that was that they were dealing with for the past 12 months that obviously it was more focused on brand than rather than just trying to get some good, uh, potentially getting th them through some search in other key areas. But what would you say you've done differently um, to get to where you are now? Um, I think, uh, I think something a lot of people fail to do is really investigate for themselves um, where search is going um, I think they rely too much on other people to tell them what they should be doing, you know, when they're trying to learn SEO. I, I think a lot of what I've learned and kind of planned for is really just following Google, going, going back, you know, 20 years, looking at where are their acquisitions, like what kind of companies are they buying? You could go back to 2004, 2005. They started buying a lot of companies that were heavily involved in semantics and understanding language. And it's kind of led to where they are today where every, you know, things are a lot different than they were back then with semantic SEO, um, paying attention to patents that Google files and Google, you know, just because they file a patent doesn't mean they're using the patent. But when you pay attention to the patents, you can get some ideas of 
what they're trying to do at least and what they they want you know best case scenario what they want to be able to do um, obviously we lost a great resource last year with Bill Slosky at the, the SEO by the sea but I, I've been reading that site for years um, I, you know going back I think pretty close to when he started um, hopefully somebody else picks up the mantle and can start translating patents into English for us like Bill did um, <laughs> job with um, but kind of paying attention and paying attention to Google's announcements you know obviously just because they say that they say something doesn't mean that they're necessarily doing it but you can still get an idea of where they're trying to head and sometimes it takes a little while for the technology to catch up um, as an example just kind of looking at patents and Google messaging I was telling people a few years before Penguin ever came out that something like Penguin was coming like it was it was on the way I didn't think it was gonna be as severe as Penguin um, obviously there was a ton of collateral damage with Penguin and it was, it was a really harsh update, but you could tell that they were going to do something. It just, I think they were just kind of waiting for technology to catch up that they could do something on a bigger scale versus just handing out manual penalties for links. Um, so I, I think paying attention to the, to that and also paying attention to industries that are kind of at the forefront of digital marketing. Um, going back, some people are going to argue with, argue with me on this probably, but if you go back 15, 20 years, one of the industries that was leading the way in digital marketing and a lot of the things that we take for granted in digital marketing today really kind of came from this industry, but it, it was the adult industry. You had this, this <laughs> yeah, entire, yeah. you had this entire industry that, you know, they couldn't advertise through traditional means. So they really embraced online advertising. And a lot of the things we take for granted today, like pop-up ads, link exchanges, newsletters, subscription sites, um, you know, all that stuff really was, now I don't, I'm not gonna say that they invented it, but they really were, was heavily adopted in that industry. Um, and, you know, you could, you could see a lot of SEO things they did. Now they also do a lot of, there was a lot of spammy stuff in that, in that industry, but you, you know, if you could get past what was on screen, <laughs> You could learn a lot from what they were doing SEO wise um, in that because they didn't have any other choice. Like there was nowhere else they could advertise. And today, you know, you could look in the United States, you could look at like the cannabis industries a little bit that way where the laws are a little iffy. Some places it's legal, some places it's not. Um, they can't necessarily use traditional advertising. Even if it is legal, they can't just run commercials and say, hey, we're selling weed here. Uh, so they they really embrace the online side of things and you can follow some of those, you know, people doing it well and learn a lot from there. Um, another place that I've, I've really followed a lot to, to learn and, and pay attention to was Wikipedia. You know, they, okay. they rank for everything. Um, and you can learn a lot from their site structure, like how they organize things, how they organize their menus, um, and the internal linking things that they do. Uh, you could, could really learn a lot from so I, I just try to pick up things from from companies and industries that are doing things well pay attention to them um, and the other thing I, I think a lot of people don't pay enough attention to is the SERPs themselves like a lot of the answers to your SEO questions are in the search results um, I see people ask all the time things like you know I have these two keywords should I, should I put them on one page or should I create a separate page for it well, just go to Google, search for both both keywords. Do you see the same pages ranking or do you see different pages ranking? Like the, the answer is kind of Google showing you what it wants. If you can just pull apart the data and and look in the, the search results. 
Yeah, that sounds great. I love the two examples that you gave. I think, <clears throat> I think to be, maybe you'd be able to agree with me about this, but I think in order to be a good digital marketer, it doesn't have to be related to SEO, but you have to disperse the noise in the industry. There's so many There's people, consultants, agencies. I mean, if you want to, you can go to Twitter, you can go to LinkedIn and you can see that there's a flood of, I grew a business by 1,500%. This is how I did it. And everyone's gravitating to it. I'm sure there'll be loads of business owners that will be like literally hovering over this person or that particular idea, trying to, to see how do we do this and everything, but not understanding that whether or not their business aligns with that strategy, or even if that was it there. What I'm trying to get at is there's so much noise in this industry and it's so refreshing to hear someone use basically Again, I accredit even a book that I've read by Ken Singal, who's the marketeer that worked with Steve Jobs. And they basically built a bulletproof marketing strategy around just keeping things simple, relying on good data to justify. I love what you mentioned about the adult industry. You know, now that you mention it, there's a lot of things that I could possibly probably take away with regards to some of how things are structured in that way. But yeah, it's... Cam, cam sites, were the, they were the first Zoom meetings. <laughs> um, yeah. but uh, yeah no there was a lot that they did you know kind of first uh, at least heavily and um and it's funny you mentioned those marketers that you know say we increased traffic by a thousand five hundred percent or whatever so many of those though when you look at the like the photos the images that they share and you look at it percentages can be misleading with and people use data like this all the time a lot of times it's going you know they went from 100 clicks to 500 clicks like, well, I could do that with one keyword sometimes, you know, uh, uh, moving up from number three to number two. Like, it's not, you know, when, when you really dig into the data, a lot of those those posts are not really that impressive. But that's the thing about our industry, unfortunately. You know, like, I think, I think those bad habits have set the industry in what it is today. A lot of business owners see, for example, if they're thinking about SEO, and I can speak for a lot of businesses who see, the, see it this way. They judge the SEO based on two areas, really. It's, I get told, impressions and clicks. But I need you, I think as a good SEO specialist, you could possibly tell me if I'm being wrong on this or you can give a bit of a different opinion. You need to focus on the areas that are driving the business forward. You know, again, looking at the common Google search console side, if I see that in clicks or impressions have drastically increased, my biggest question would be, what is that translated into the business goals? Are they receiving more leads? Are, is the, the goal brand awareness? Are they, you know, is that transferable into the business's goals? Because like you said, we know uh, how to bring in those kind of results fairly quickly, but are they transferable? You know, are they relating to the business's goals? That's, that's what I would really want to know. So, yeah. I've, I've had a number of projects I've worked on where we actually in the first few months decreased traffic the client site, but increased leads or sales. Um, and it was because the previous team was, you know, they, they were getting traffic, but it was a lot of unrelated thing or things that were very, very, very top of the funnel. Um, or, or just things that weren't bringing in, you know, improving the bottom line of the business. And instead we focused on things that were going to bring in more targeted traffic, more relevant traffic. And it wasn't as much traffic in those cases, but, they, you know, the business, they don't care. They want more sales, more leads. And as long as you're doing that, that's what's important at the end of the day. 100%. And thanks for sharing that. That's, that's also fairly refreshing. You know, sometimes it's not just about showing a graph going up, but making sure that whatever you're working on is 
again transferable in that sense. Yeah, again, no, I think I think you do have to set the proper expectations with the clients. You know, when you explain, you know, I, I don't like to explain that stuff after it happens. I explain to them that it's going to happen before it does, um, yeah. so that they're not surprised by it or think that I'm you know trying to justify what happened. Like I, I, I always along the way make sure that I'm explaining to the clients like we're probably going to see a, a loss in traffic here because we're making this shift towards you know this better targeted. Uh, market. And, and then that way, it's not a surprise when it happens to them. Yeah, good communication is always good, both within and externally as well. Yeah. You mentioned going back to uh, going back to your past, working at a bank, and speaking to a colleague, you even referenced there very, very quickly imposter syndrome, which is something that a lot of people deal with, especially when going into the loan. And I've spoken to people that are fairly successful, or if we could use the correct word, fully successful with regards to what they're doing in this field and others. Were you scared of going it alone? Would you be able to elaborate a little bit more about, you know, taking that step of, again, it could be shifting gears in terms of receive, knowing that, you know, at a particular time at the month, you were going to get that paycheck to moving and going yourself, you know, going it alone and understanding that it was undefiably un you know, it was you that was going to have to bring in that cash at the end of the single month. Could you explain how it was uh, going into yeah, that? It, I mean, it's it's certainly going from a steady paycheck to uh, not sure, you know, exactly what's going to happen in the next few months is is definitely, you know, there should be some 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 level of, of fear there, I think. Um, I wasn't too hesitant with it, though. No, I, I did... My, you know, I, I mentioned the imposter syndrome. There, there's a big difference between imposter syndrome and just being an imposter. And I knew I could get results. Uh, I had done it on my own. I had it with my own site. So I knew I could deliver. My, my, my worry was that I always thought there was better people out there than me. And, you know, can I deliver as much as them? And, you know, is the customer going to feel like they're not getting enough value? For, I, I, I'm one of those people I try to under-promise and over-deliver versus over-promising and, and under-delivering. So I'm, I'm always worried about that. Like, and still today, I'm, I'm always, you know, want to make sure I'm doing the best I can for a client, make sure I'm, I'm delivering great value. Um, as I said, when I was working at the bank, I realized I am a terrible employee. So I knew I, I'm just horrible at having a boss. Um, I, I knew I had to get out of that and do something on my own. I was better, better suited, you know, being my own boss. So I wasn't too afraid about doing it, but yeah, I, I was, you know, there, there was some trepidation there, but I, I knew I could get results. I had done it already. Um, if you've, you know, worked on your own sites or you've been working as an in-house SEO somewhere or with an agency, you know, and, and you've, you've gotten the results, then, you know, you know, you should have some level of confidence that you can deliver on what you're, you're promising to clients. Um, so yeah, it was you know a little scary at first. Um, the day that I left the bank, I signed up a client that day, uh, Good. a new client that day that I, uh, you know, just happened a lead came through and uh, I just called him up and was like, "What are you doing right now? I'll be right over." And uh, you know, signed up someone that day. So that that helped. E I'm like, okay, this is going to work. Um, I'm going to you know, and I started getting some more clients. Um, so once you get a couple clients in, then it kind of eases that. Um, I also had some of my own sites already kind of you know, doing the affiliate thing. So there was some income coming in. It wasn't 
that I was starting, you know, I had no money or, you know, nothing saved up. <clears throat> um, I knew I had some runway to work with to, to get things going. So that helped a lot too. Okay. But I, you know, like I said, the, the imposter syndrome thing, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, have, cause you should want to deliver for clients. You should want to deliver for, so, you know, having that kind of fear that, you know, maybe I'm, I'm not delivering enough value. I, as long as you let that drive you to make sure that you're always doing the right thing for your clients and, and working as hard as you can for your clients, I think that's a good thing in, in that regard. Um, the problem I have is with all the, the imposters that are out there. That's that, uh, it's, it's strange. There's no, there's no other industry I can think of like SEO where I think like 90% of the SEOs fail at making money for themselves online. Um, you know, they get sucked into the whole MMO thing and they fail at it. And then they just decide, well, I kind of know about SEO. Maybe I'll just be an SEO. And even though they've never ranked their own stuff, they just, just, you know, I see so many people like this that they just decide, well, I'll just offer services. No big deal. Yeah. Great point that you that you mentioned there with regards to imposter syndrome and also being an imposter in in, in your own right. <clears throat> I think SEO I think the SEO industry is really, really difficult, especially because of um individuals that are taking advantage of businesses in their own right with regards to that. But um yeah. Um a good question that's coming up now, but to break it down, obviously the world right now in 2023 is riddled with regards to two metrics that I'd probably say, which is high inflation and record low consumer confidence, especially here in the UK. There are countries that are doing fairly better, but there's a lot of countries that are doing bad. Why am I referencing this? It's simply because businesses and their marketing are changing. I think for the most part, I think we've been dealing with the last decade with record low uh, interest rates and business has been booming. But after the events of the pandemic and a lot of potentially bad decisions economically, a lot of countries and businesses are struggling now. So it's in my respect, in my experience thus far for 2023, I've seen a shift where there's been a lot of businesses, as we all know that SEO is the long-term goal. It's getting harder for businesses to equate that into their marketing strategy because right now they're trying to keep in some respects, they're trying to keep their heads above water. So they might be leaning over to PPC and everything like that, which makes it even harder now to justify SEO. What would you say? Cause you deal with a lot of businesses. You deal with a lot of indiv individuals that are asking you questions on a day to day basis. What would you say to any businesses now that are listening to you who are potentially SEO skeptical and may even consider the situation, you know, with regards to the economy right now, what would you say to them um, if there are SEO skeptical about utilizing SEO for their business, they're focused on their ROI in that respect, what would you say to them? You know, I, I get a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of these, and again, it goes back to, you know, I'm usually not the first SEO a company's working with. Um, I can't remember the last time I was. So they're skeptical that it even works. Um, much less that they need it, you know, that, that happens sometimes. But, um, you know, one thing I would tell them is, and I've done this in the past is what's the problem that you solve? Go do a Google search for it right now. And do you see your competitor? Are you, are you seeing your business or are you seeing your competitors? Because that's what your potential customers are seeing also. And if you're not there, they're going to your competitor. Um, now, it doesn't mean that SEO is for every single business out there. There's some where it just doesn't make sense. I, I had somebody 
um, you know, sent me a lead the other day. They they have a um, like uh, they're they're doing they want to promote themselves as a musician. And to me, <clears throat> SEO is not the right channel for that. It's that's social, like that's what Facebook's for. That's what Instagram's for. TikTok, YouTube, like that's where they should be. And I I told them that like there's there's no point in throwing money at uh, at SEO for something like that. Uh, but for most businesses, you know, and if if they are skeptical, um, you know, look at the results that your competitors are getting. Like, look at their search presence. Um, you can, you know, if you if you're doing a bunch of searches and you're seeing them constantly, that means that all your potential customers are doing the same thing, and they're they're seeing those competitors. Those competitors are building a brand, so they're not just getting the customer today, but the next time they have that problem or um, you know, they, 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 they recognize the brand. So they're just going to go straight to them next time, probably if they have a good experience. So, you know, it's, it's tough. I, I know sometimes it's a little tough to, um, estimate the ROI on SEO because traffic, you know, we, we kind of have to go off estimates of what the potential traffic is. We don't have exact numbers unless you run an AdWords campaign. But you can sit down and do the exercise of here. Here's some some really big topics that cover what you guys offer. Let's go through. This is potential search volume, you know, estimated, and let's even use low numbers. Let's say you you never rank above number three. Uh, you get you know X click through rate. You have a bad conversion rate. Here here's the potential though of what you could be making, and what's great about SEO is it's, it's compounding returns then. So once you, you get the site, you improve the visibility, it keeps growing month over month. And you know, what you're getting today from your, your SEO return, unless you screw something up, um, it's going to compound month over month and you can always be targeting new, new topics, new keywords and, and expanding your, your search visibility that way. Um, and you know, if, if you're looking for an SEO and you, you find someone that you're, you're just not quite sure about ask ask to speak to some of their customers that they work with ask to, to talk to them you know i obviously there's sometimes non-disclosure agreements that get in the way and things but i i have you know plenty of customers that are happy to talk to prospects and just tell them about what what the experience is like working with me um and if you know if, if you're talking to an seo and ask them to to supply some references that you can yeah. reach out to and see what what the uh, experience has been like working with them. Yeah, uh, I think that's also quite important. I think if we look at, um, especially things that I've even learned in my in my master's program, for example, when you look at in um, recessionary periods in history, what you'll see is that when periods like this peak over, value becomes one of the most important words that get associated, associated with this time. So that, you know, when businesses struggle with, with cash flow and trying to still utilize their marketing, what they're focusing on now is making sure that if for every pound, for every dollar that gets spent, that the ROI is is clear and, and it's achievable. So I think there's a lot of strategies within 2023. And I think moving forward where value is going to have to be incentivized, businesses will be asking for what you reference. References with regards to some of the work, some of the clients that they've dealt with, see if that aligns with their businesses potentially. You can even see this structurally where there's a lot of websites now that just below the hero banner, for example, they're referencing the first thing, which is where they've been featured, where the reviews are. Um, you see a lot of that also being introduced in terms of schema to the website. So, so those are some of the things. So I think value 
and maybe even values is very, very important now going forward. I think uh, as a credit to, to Steve Jobs, not to reference too much about him during the co course of this podcast. He did already he, for himself. Yeah, he, he even references at one time that within the small space of life that a lot of businesses or people will not be remembered, but what they will be remembered in some respects is the values that they held. And I think what you referenced there is biblical to, to, to that as well. So going on to another thing that's pushing things forward or potentially backwards at the start of 2023, but to us SEOs and to other marketeers, this has been something that we've been working with years prior, but it's two letters namely, and it's AI. What is your take on AI at the start of 2023 or better yet, what are, you, what are your thoughts about AI in general? Uh, presuming with the fact that obviously, like I said, we've been dealing with, with AI respectfully for, for a couple of years now, but it's been introduced quite viciously to the public now. What do you see it doing to this field in particular? I love AI. I have fully embraced it. I, I am a, definitely an advocate of it. And this going back before ChatGPT came out, like I was messing around with AI writers going back a couple of years, um, like all the ones that were using GPT-3 <clears throat> before ChatGPT was released in November. Um, I just think it's opening so many doors and so many new strategies that, um, and I can, I can share an example of one then, but it's just opening up a lot of, a lot of opportunities that maybe were resource, uh, hampered, like there, there just wasn't enough resources to devote to it. AI can help with that, with, with, you know, especially on, on the content side. Um, not saying that you just push buttons and publish everything that chat GPT writes, but it can certainly speed up the the content production process. I use it a lot. It's funny. I use it a lot just as like having a second person in the office to bounce ideas off of, um, you know, if, if I'm trying to research a topic and I'm trying to think of more ideas of, of content we can write and, and topics we can cover, I'll just go on the chat GPT and, and I may not use some of the ideas that chat GPT offers, but it helps with brainstorming sessions that I see the list that chat GPT gives me. And it makes me think of other things and then I can go investigate those. And, and it just, I think it's awesome. I, I just think it's going to open up a lot of doors. Um, there's a lot of things it can do within the SEO space. Now with the, um, I forget the name of it, the, uh, but the coding plugin that ChatGPT just released. And there's also uh, Claude that does, does some of this where how it's analyzing, can, you can feed it analytics data and it can do some analysis on it. Um, pull up things that maybe you wouldn't have seen otherwise. Um, you know, sometimes maybe maybe there isn't anything you missed, but it's it's just like having a second. It's like having a personal assistant, you know, that you can you can use for different things. And um, I I just th I think it's going to open up a lot of doors. And people who aren't embracing it, you know, th there's this whole concept idea. Of people talking about how jobs are going to be people are going to be replaced by AI for for things. And I don't think in SEO that's going to happen, at least not anytime soon. But I think a lot of SEOs are going to be replaced by other SEOs that are using AI. Yeah. Um, I, I think you you really need to look at it and, and see how you can integrate it into the pro the things that you're doing already. Um, and like I said, it, it, I think it opens up a lot of strategies that before were just kind of resource restricted. And I'll give you an example of that. 
I just started working with a new client and one of their competitors I was looking at is this company called Ramp. And Ramp does um, expense management. They have an expense management platform. And they have this section where people can look for, if you're trying to figure out like, what expense category do I put office furniture in? So it's, it's for, you know, accounting type, type stuff. They have like 200, 300 pages that I uncovered of these, this kind of like resource that they built. And if I saw that two years ago, I would have said, you know what, that's going to take so many writers and so much time to develop something like that. And these pages, I mean, they're fairly simple. They're, they're probably like 400 words, you know, just kind of outlining where, where you were talking about office furniture and how you would expense it and different options. Um, but you still have to have somebody write that. Well, today now with ChatGPT, you could turn out something like that, you know, 200, 300, 400 pages, something simple like that, have somebody just review it to make sure it's accurate and, and edit it. You could have something like that turned out in, you know, a week or two where before it would have taken months and you would have, you know, who knows how many writers working on it and just the resources wouldn't have made sense to push out something like that. Um, another one I came across was Atlassian. I think that's how you pronounce them, the makers of Jira. They have a resource about um, project management and agile project management specifically. And they have all these pages about you know, scrum and, and ceremonies and um, all the different like terms. It's, it's kind of like a, almost like a uh, knowledge base about agile project management. And again, two years ago, I would have said, I don't know that it's worth it to, to put in the resources to create those pages. But if you actually go into some of those pages, not every one of them is a home run, but some of the pages are getting 10,000, 15,000 visitors a month right now. And, you know, if you put out a project management tool and somebody's looking for Scrum and comes to your page or, you know, what is Scrum comes to your page to, to learn about it there, it's a targeted, it's a targeted visitor. Um, so I'm sure they're having, you know, getting some good conversions from it. Um, and the other thing with it, there's this whole emphasis on EAT, E-E-A-T. Well, what better way is there to demonstrate your own authoritativeness on a topic and expertise than building your own knowledge base on your website? And it just opens up a lot of like internal link opportunities where, you know, every time you mention that topic, you can link back to your, your knowledge base page about it. Um, that page can link to other pages that mention the topic. Like there's, there's just a lot of opportunities with something like that. And again, a few years ago, I don't know that I would have recommended investing in, in something like that because of the resources it would take up. But today with, with chat GPT, like you can, you can push out something like that fairly quickly and just have somebody edit it to, to, you know, make sure it's accurate and that there's no hallucinations in there or anything. And it's a, it's a pretty pretty neat opportunity that that i think ai has opened up yeah definitely um i think and there's, and there's all kinds of strategies like that like you just have to think about like how can i use you know instead of instead of being anti-ai I, what i've tried to be is, is how can i how can i embrace this and how can i use it and i'm not going to have it write a money page for me necessarily but there is content that's kind of boring content like that like wikipedia type content that you don't need uh expert copywriter to to push out that content yeah yeah i think key adoption is very very important with regards to what's going on now but i do see like in one way shape or form i think we have to start utilizing it 
I I personally don't think it's going to outdo SEO professionals. I think I had within my previous podcast with Ross Tavendale, who's an agency owner at Type A, and he I think we both agreed on one fundamental fact. We see AI as a tool fundamentally. So we think about if it is going to replace SEO, then why hasn't SEMrush, you know, because I'm sure there's, a, I'm, I've, I've too, you know, had clients that, you know, basically instead of having an SEO agency thought they could do it themselves. So they subscribe to SEMrush and unsurprisingly, they come back to an SEO to find out how do we use this properly? Because despite all the training videos and everything like that, and it being a tool, they don't know how to get the most out of it. So I still think that even with ChatGPT and everything like that, as a tool, you simply can't go into it and give the brief of what your businesses does and expect ChatGPT to give you the best marketing strategy with regards to SEO. You need to have people that have expertise in the field and even potentially even know how to utilize this tool better to help improve your SEO. For one key reason, I mean, even with the likes of Jasper, which I had my hands on for many years now, that's a tool that's helped writer's block. You know, that's famously known, you know, because for those that are writing blogs and articles, I can really sympathize with people like that. You know, the fact that you'll be going throughout the day and then all of a sudden you just stop. And tools like that can help. Whether you're writing, uh, you know, some good ideas for titles and descriptions within Google Ads, that's a fa- fantastic tool to have as well. So again, making good use of it. Again, ChatGPT, uh, whichever you want to, re- whichever way you want to refer to, it's the API extension of millions, if not billions, of people's inputs over the last couple of years. So that's the one thing that I categorically agree with you. It's like having instead of you sitting in your own office by yourself and sitting with your own thoughts about how to generate like the best strategy for your for for your client's business. It's allowed you to have a team of people in your office, giving you some thoughts, giving you some strategies um, to try and help you with regards to this as well. So like you mentioned the ad headlines, like I use it for title tags all the time. And I can't remember the last time I used a title tag that ChatGPT generated, but I'll take a a bit, like I have it generate 10 title tags and I'll see like a little bit of one of them that I'm like, I really like that. I'll, I'll use that. And then I add my own, you know, onto the end of it or, um, or I'll take a couple pieces of three different title tags that it generates and kind of mash them together into the title tag I want to use. Um, there's just, yeah, like you said, I, I think that's a great analogy about how it's a API to all this knowledge and, and um, content that people have published. And, and that's really the way people should, should be using it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's, it's a great way, but I don't think it's going to be taking of a, especially with regards to SEO and PPC specialists or even bloggers or something, because it comes down, it comes down to the fact where it's still a tool and you still need to have a good skill set to try and utilize it properly. That's the reason why we have the eat algorithm uh, update as well. So even if you start splurging out on content on the mass, you're very likely to not even succeed. You need to make sure that that content is rich. So going over to the last question, which I'm sure is famous for what you do on every single Tuesday as well. Um, I'm sure you've given advice to so many people that genuinely need it, whether it be to specialists or even to businesses around the world. To marketing professionals and businesses alike that are listening, what three bits of advice would you give to those pursuing this field or wanting to get the most out of this field? This could be 
inspirational advice, motivational, or just some advice with regards to the SEO, what would you say would be the top three things that you would advise to, to people listening? I think one thing I wish I had done earlier uh, was start networking, like make connections with people in the industry. I, I think when I first started, I felt like these people were unapproachable. And I've been amazed at how often I can reach out to somebody and we just start talking and hit it off. You know, I can go back to them anytime I have a question or, hey, what do you think about this? Or have you have you encountered this, this issue? And I get people contacting me all the time from a lot of it from my, my Facebook participation, just asking questions. And I, I think I think people would be surprised how willing other people in the industry are to help one another. Um, so definitely start networking. I, I have a network of people now that I think are awesome and that I can, you know, reach out to when I'm, when I'm before chat GPT, especially I was, you know, when I wanted to bounce an idea off somebody, I, I could reach out to them. Um, but I still do all the time. And, uh, I have a couple that as other SEOs that we actually regularly schedule calls for half an hour, you know, every couple months just to, Hey, here's what I'm doing. Uh, did you see this new thing? Like just kind of share ideas and, um, bounce ideas off each other. So I definitely would recommend trying to network and reach out to people and, uh, you know, ask for, for help and advice. And I think you'll be surprised how often people would be willing to, to respond and help. Um, that's one thing I definitely wish I had gotten started on sooner than I did. It would have, uh, I think it would have helped my results even faster. Um, another thing is I think really, be careful about how many people you're following though. At the same time, like, it's really easy to sign up for a ton of newsletters and your inbox before long, like just looks insane. Um, and either you spend all day reading these ideas and never really having time to implement them. Um, or it just gets to the point where you're not really paying much attention to them. Anyhow, I, I think it's, it's fine to follow people. And there's a lot of people I'm, I'm on newsletters that I think are awesome. Um, but I get on newsletters and, what I do is after like th three weeks, four weeks, if I haven't found something like really good in a newsletter, I unsubscribe, like get off it, get, get the, get the noise out of, you know, out of the way, um, really focus on the ones that you're, you're getting actionable advice from. And that can really, you know, you can use as an SEO. Um, otherwise you're just wasting time and I, I hate wasting time. Um, Third thing I would say, you know, I, I probably go back to what I said at the beginning is, is pay attention to what Google's saying, pay attention to acquisitions, pay attention to patents that they're filing. Uh, again, just because one of their spokespeople say something, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing it today, but you can get a lot of hints of where they're trying to head to, what they're trying to do, what they really, you know, maybe the search engine isn't there yet. But it's going to be eventually, um, and it can really give you a lot of good hints on on SEO and strategies and, and where to to go to to develop strategies that don't just work today but will work in the future as well. Pay attention to the search results. I, I think there's so much information in the search results that I think people really miss, and and it's why tools like SEMrush or AREFs and, and tools like that are so valuable. Is the amount of data that they store. I think sometimes it goes under underappreciated. Um, you know, I, I see sometimes people complain about pricing of some of the tools, and I'm just like, they're they're underpriced, 
really, for, for the amount of data that they provide us. They could be twice as much and they would still be a good value. Um, so just really you know, pay attention to, to Google. You pay a little attention to Bing sometimes too, but Google and, and what they're saying, pay attention to their announcements, pay attention to their acquisitions. Um, they've been investing heavily in AI for a long time. Uh, ChatGPT kind of beat them to the punch with a, a public product, but Google's not not behind by any means, and they, this is something that they've they've been on top of for a, for a long time, um, just based on their acquisitions. So just really pay attention to the industry like that and what's what's going on, and you can learn a lot that way. Yeah, definitely. I, I concur with that last one as well. A lot of people seem to think that with ChatGPT and Bing, that was a long collaboration. I think uh, I forgot who's the head of Microsoft again, which is so bad. Um, but uh, I remember him saying that um, I think I think he referenced three years, and I think he mentioned he only started really getting invested when he referenced a, a case study where he said that he asked the platform to do something and to translate it into his language, his home language. Uh, many years ago and it did it beautifully and he said that this was definitely going to be the future and yeah if you focus on some of the things like that then you as you know ai should not be a surprise um as i said within this podcast we've been utilizing it for for longer than just 2023 but yeah i was i was an early adopter on jas you mentioned jasper um until ChatGPT came out I, I i canceled recently with them but it was uh it, it was awesome yeah yeah absolutely um, Mike, where you, obviously you've, you've amassed the following, but for those that are listening to you for the first time, where, where are some of the places that can find you? Sure. Um, the seopub.com, uh, I have a, a email list there where once a week I send out kind of practical SEO tips, things that, things that I use my own strategies, my own, my own ideas, uh, I've been sending them out. I think we, I think this morning went out number 129. So, um, every single week you can, can get, get that. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, same day, the SEO pub. And, uh, for anyone that's looking for some help with their SEO strategies, you can find me at, at clickedconsulting.com. Okay. So links, uh, links to, uh, to those, uh, as well as anything else will be within the description of this podcast. Mike, um, I've really enjoyed this space. I love the some of the, the brainstorming that you've had and some of the examples. I think they're, they're really, really cool. But thanks so much for sharing your knowledge. And uh, more importantly, your background with regards to where you've where you've been and where you are now, I think it's I think it would be extra mental for, for, for listeners that are wanting to try and learn a little bit more about the industry and learning more about you in general. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Cheers.